Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Christian Marauder as we continue our new series on Bible prophecy, prophetic mysteries. Today we're going to look at God's prophetic fingerprints that are found all throughout Bible prophecy, verifying how real God is. For example, in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, it mentions that Israel will be regathered a second time back into the land of Israel, which in fact did happen in May of 1948, and it continues to this day. God's fingerprints are also seen in the meaning of names, symbols, metaphors, even in the text itself, and even in numeric meaning of numbers that are seen in the Bible. With that, let me give you a disclaimer. Bible numeric meanings are a new field of study. However, there are a lot of hokey sites out there, and a lot of hokey teachers out there giving this uh, study a bad rap. And However, there are websites that are consistent with ancient Hebrew alphabet pictograph and the numbering systems that they use. Both the pictograph letter and the numeric meanings were established over time. Numeric meanings were based upon the subject where they were found in the Bible. This helps find its theme, a root meaning that you can eventually build off of where it, where it mentions the same number in different parts of the Bible. Or you, there's another method, which I'll show you today. Folks, the shades of meanings, just like we have in our own dictionaries, are found by the use of simple math formulas. We're going to look at some of that today. These all have rules that are consistent with Hebrew grammar and context that they are used in. That's amazing, isn't it? They do not stray away from the Bible, nor do they offer any strange covert secret messages either. They connect with other verses in the Bible and all in direct context in amazing ways, which we will soon find out. In today's study, I'll show you how all this works using these simple math formulas that help uncover numeric shades of meaning. So take all this with a grain of salt uh, and judge for yourself if there's anything to this. With that, turn to Daniel chapter 12 as we look at some of God's fingerprints here. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 11, out of the New King James, it reads, And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Well, folks, first, the number 1290 is well-established, meaning that it represents a three-and-a-half-year period. A lot of times, most of the Bible numbers actually indicate numeric value, but they also have other meanings. But there is more because 1290 has a numeric meaning that's spelled out in the text as well. In fact, Mark Lane has a website called Bible Numbers for Life, and he has a meaning for 1290 that helps us understand how all this works. His site is worth checking out because, as he says in it, and I quote from his site, Mark Lane's translation is not authoritative, it's not definitive. 
Just as the word house can have more than one sense, spiritual numbers can also have more than one sense. Think of the list as a translation into English from another language, numbers. It cannot possibly convey the meaning perfectly, can it? Like any foreign language, it is best to learn for yourself. When you study the Bible, make note of the numerical associations. This is how we might strive for fluency, In quote. Uh, and folks, in fact, I mirror that sentiment. This is not authoritative, this is exploratory, okay? And uh, you take it with a grain of salt. In fact, other sites that I use say the same thing. I find that very consistent as well. They're not trying to make themselves out as the expert, neither am I. This is a new field of study. So with that, the number 1290 is only found in Daniel chapter 12, verse 12. In fact, that makes it pretty easy. Not only does it refer to a three and a half year period, it has a root meaning that involves the abomination of desolation that is set up after the daily sacrifice is removed by the Antichrist or the man of sin, which Daniel talks about earlier in the chapter. So you have a connection here. So 1290 is related to the man of sin and what he does and his deeds. Therefore, its root or core meaning refers to the abomination of desolation, refers to the works of the Antichrist and his corruption of the temple. That is the root theme meaning, okay? Now, Mark Lane's Bible Numbers for Life uses one bullet point meaning for the number 1290. And I quote, 1290 means martyrs inherit the kingdom and slayers lose the kingdom. Please note, this relates to the spirit of Antichrist and the works of the Antichrist himself involving the martyrdom of the saints in which the book of Daniel talks about. The very theme that's found in Daniel chapter 7 verse 21 the same horn was making war against the saints. So Mark Lane's bullet point meaning of 1290, martyrs inherit the kingdom, slayers lose the kingdom, fits with the root meaning of the works of the Antichrist. Do you see that? So another way to uncover various shades of meaning for the larger numbers like this is by what I referred to before in my study of numbers. It's called the prime factor method. Again, this is a new field of study and still needs testing. Now, what I want to present, take with a grain of salt. What I found is simply amazing, and it speaks for itself, as you will soon see, folks. I'm telling you, this is uh, just, just sit back, strap on your seatbelts. We're going to take off. The prime factor meaning of 1290 contains a cipher that connects to Matthew chapter 23 and Matthew chapter 24, especially Matthew 24, verse 15, where Jesus addresses the abomination of desolation being set up again in the temple. This happened in Antiochus' reign. Then again, it happened again in 70 AD and will happen again in the future. Remember, Revelations 19 sets the stage for uncovering the cipher of Bible prophecy, okay? The cipher of Bible prophecy. And how do you do that? Bible prophecy looks at prophetic patterns. In, in Revelation chapter 119, it talks about look at the, what's in the past. Look at what's going on through the history and then and the current now. And then look at that will help you realize what will happen in the future. Okay, that's what the context of Bible prophecy. Don't be so linear in your thinking of Bible prophecy unless it's very linear in the context. And so we Westerners like to be very linear. We don't look at it like, well, there's a prophetic pattern that happened in the past. We'll see these prophetic patterns all throughout history in, the, in our present times at where, where we live. And then we'll it'll all point to something that will culminate in utter 
intensity and violence like he never seen and, and fulfillment as well as blessings later on seen in the book of Revelation with the with the millennial kingdom being set up, the new heavens and earth, and all the trials and tribulations that happened before that through the Antichrist. I'm telling you, you got to read Bible prophecy like that. Can't be so stick in the mud linear about it. Well, folks, also the number 1290 also connects to the book of Revelation and Matthew's 25, where it talks about the judgment of the nations and a whole lot more. So let's look at the Daniel 12 cipher here using the prime factor method that reveals other shades of meaning. How do you do this? Well, you do the prime factor tree, which is 2 times 3 times 5 times 43. And you find these four numbers, 2, 3, 5, and 43. You use 2, 3, and 5, and 43 to uncover the shade of meaning because each of those have a shade of meaning. 2, 3, and 5 or have Hebrew pictograph letters. 43 doesn't. It has an established meaning, okay? So let's look at all of these and put it together to find the shade of meaning. So you apply these numbers and their meanings as follows. Number two is a pictograph of a house, and it means also division. It's like a household, seeing who's in the house or who's not, but the basic root meaning is a house or a household. Three is, is, is the Hebrew letter gimel, which is a pictograph of a foot. It is describes motion, travel, uh, carrying things to some place. It, it means to unify, to move to unify, and to bring into unity. Number five is a Hebrew letter, and it means behold. That's what it means. Pay attention. Look. You beheld something. You behold something. You see something. Pay attention. Or some sort of revelation of grace or mercy or judgment's going to be forth. Just pay attention. Something important is being said here. So when you see the number five, that's what that means. Next, number 43 has several shades of meaning. And I don't have time to go through all of how you derive this, but this is what I found. The foremost, root meaning means public humiliation, disgrace, degradation, shame. So that number two, some sort of demarcation or separation is fulfilled. It also means number three, on the edge, a tipping point reached, either to remain the same or enter something new, or a new era. Number four, community humiliation and shame and degradation to bring forth some type of change by a tipping point. See how all this is related to public humiliation, disgrace, degradation, and shame. That's what that word means. So let's get down to business. The bottom line meanings of all the numbers added together that fits with Daniel chapter 12's root definition from the time when the daily sacrifice is taken away to the setting up of the abomination of desolations involves uh, number two, the household of God divided, being brought into unity, three, by number five, beholding an unveiling of some sort of public humiliation, disgrace, and degradation and shame. Some tipping point is being reached here. Let's just continue. Keep tracking with me here. In fact, I discovered a general rule, which is this. The main prime factor numbers also unlock deeper shades of meaning. This involves using sequential formulas, math formulas, that build the definition further. And it usually starts from the bottom up. In other words, you have the root definition, which would be the bottom, and the other definition stacked on top of it in a layer. 
okay sometimes it'll go the other way but most of the times it's the foundation the root is the foundation and what you find by these math formulas build on top of that and it paints a unique picture that ties directly to the text it brings clarity and connects to other parts of the bible in amazing ways so with that let's look at the next formula that comes by sequentially multiplying the pr prime factors numbers like this you just multiply the uh, factor trees together you have two times three equals six and six times five is 30. So you get two numbers here to put into the thing, to stack on top of the foundation here. And they mean six is a picture graph of a tent peg. And it's also, the Bible clearly says, this is the number for man. Six is the number for man, but it's a picture of a tent peg. So therefore, it's what human beings attach themselves to. God, the devil, whatever. World, flesh, whatever. Here's the context, how it's used in the Bible, indicate that. Number 30 is the picture of a shepherd's staff, meaning a good or bad shepherd. That's what it means. A, and a shepherd who has a shepherd's staff who steers and guides the heart of the sheep. He can be either good or bad. It talks about the shepherd establishing a covenant between parties by a more powerful parties. And the fourth meaning, I'm just kind of wrapping this up in a bullet point fashion, is the fulfillment of all covenant promises and oaths concerning deliverance, salvation, or whatever, by a good or a bad shepherd. It all refers to a shepherd, all that. Jesus said that he was a good shepherd. Just think about that. So let's put it all together. So from the time when the daily sacrifice is taken away to the setting up of the abomination of desolation involves a man attaching a covenant that divides God's house, that moves to unify the house, seen and beheld when the temple house is publicly humiliated, disgraced, and shamed. Folks, this connects to what Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And Paul writes, and I quote out of the New King James, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come, unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. See how that begins to connect? Isn't that interesting? When you start deciphering these numbers, it actually points to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. God is that highly intelligent, folks. He's more intelligent than any geek out there, or any human, or any body out there imaginable. He can do this, folks. He can do this with his Bible to confirm his prophetic fingerprints are in it. And he has a cipher in it. And he wants us to uncover that cipher. And he has rules for it. So with that, keep tracking with me here. There's also an addition sequence that looks like this. And it uncovers more. Like I said, it's going to build right on top of the other one. So you just simply, instead of multiplying the factor tree, you add the factor trees together. So you have 2 plus 3 equals 5. And 5 plus 5 equals 10. And 10 plus 43 is 53. So you find 5, 10, and 53 whose meanings might just help uncover what is going on when the abomination of desolation is being set up. For example, five means behold. See, some sort of unveiling. That means watch, beheld. That's what it means. There's an unveiling going on. Uh, a revelation is about to be, be said. There's something about judgment or, or um, grace or mercy. or it's, it's something, something to behold here. Pay attention. Number 10 is root meaning implies living responsible to the law of the one they are loyal to. That's basically the idea of the Ten Commandments. That's the Ten Commandments, where how to live responsible before God and man. So that's simply the root meaning. There are a lot more meanings that fit there, but I'm just going to use the one that applies here. 
Note that the Antichrist is going to change laws and times and seasons, and that connects with the Antichrist and what he does in Israel at the time of the end as well. Just as Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 says out of the New King James, he shall intend to change times and laws, and also goes on to describe how the saints are given into his hand, basically for a three and a half year period, or 1290 days, which ties back into Daniel chapter 12, 12 there, where this is found. Actually, verses 11, 12, and 13. So where all this is found, it ties directly back to it. Do you see how you derive the meanings correctly? And it starts to unpack things. If you're hokey and, and wacky, you're not going to do this. You're not going to follow the rules, and you will give Bible numbers a bad rap. The next number is 53, and it has an interesting shade of meaning, such as being a faithful witness. That's the root meaning. Like it comes from Noah, who faithfully gathers to safety and spent 53 weeks in the ark. That's kind of how they get this root meaning of that. So it's about being a faithful witness are a faithful witness of righteousness and sanctification. And also, in a negative sense, it means a faithful witness of unholy righteousness and sanctification. Someone who's faithful in bringing in unholy righteousness and an unholy sanctification as the means of one's safety. That's the idea here, 53. So what we find here, since it's in the negative sense, because the uh, Daniel's talking about the Antichrist, the abomination of desolations here, is this is going to be related to a faithful witness of an unholy righteousness and sanctification as the means to acquire one's safety. Remember, the Bible talks about something. Paul writes it in Thessalonians there when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes. See how all this begins to tie in with the exact same passage in the Bible, connecting all over the place to where the Antichrist is found and what he does. That's how these numbers work. So with that, let's add it in with what we have so far. But note this, it's like translating Hebrew into English. One may have to flip the word order around to clarify what it means from one language to another, folks. I did that here, and I found that the same rules for interpreting Hebrew also apply, as well as Hebrew rules of grammar and context and adverbs, ad adjectives and all that, and verbs and nouns all apply as well, folks. With that, let's put this together. Look on your screen for a second. When a man binds a covenant that behold or binds, living responsible to laws, faithfully justifies living unholy righteousness and unholy sanctification in God's house, number three, that unifies the house, seen when the temple is publicly humiliated, disgraced, shamed, to enter into major changes, reaching some sort of tipping point. I call that pretty interesting. And there is another algorithm that I call the plus-minus formula with the prime factor sums of 2, 3, 5, and 4, which provides more insight into the definition of 1290. You just put it right on top of that meaning there, and it will unpack something quite amazing. Let's look. This comes about when you have 2 minus 3 equals minus 1, and minus 1 plus 5 equals 4, and 4 minus 43 is negative 39. You don't pay attention to the negative or the positive integers here, so to speak. You're just looking at the numbers, and the numbers we have here are 1, 4, and 39. Number 1 is a picture of an ox head, and it represents a strong leader, any type of strong leader, God to human being, any type of strong leadership or leader there. 
Number four is a picture of a graph of a door. It's the Hebrew letter Dalit. And it's a picture of a doorway. It also represents the creative works that opens up doorways as well. So we're talking about creative works. We're also talking about a doorway, an entryway. It also denotes a path or a journey one takes. Number 39 has a meaning, and it means disease of adultery that leads to ruin and death, or the surrender of one's authority to another through the disease of adultery, which happens in this case to be worshiping of idols. Remember what the Bible defines adultery as. He who is a friend with the world commits adultery with the world. Okay, that's the principle behind that. So folks, with that, let's tie all this together to grasp what might be implied about who sets up the abomination of desolation, his works, and what he's doing here, okay? And how to recognize him when he comes. Let's read. Number one, a strong leader who, number four, opens the door by creative works that causes God's house to, number 39, surrender their authority, their rule, to the disease of adultery with the world. When this, number six, man binds a 30 covenant, that beholds, teaches, living responsible to laws, 53, that faithfully witness, justifies living in an unholy righteousness and unholy sanctification. God's house is divided, that unifies parts of the house, seeing when the temple is, number 43, publicly humiliated, disgraced, and shamed to enter into major changes. Okay? Note that this ties right into Second Thessalonians, like I said, verses 3 and 4, where it talks about, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 9. And the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. I think that's rather remarkable because you see how it connects to works, the lying signs and wonders that the Antichrist is going to do, he's going to deceive through deception, that's also his work. This ties right into the meaning, the root meaning of 1290, okay? It's rather remarkable, don't you think? Note also that the angel in Daniel chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, said to Daniel, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. Folks, the beginning of wisdom is what? Fear of the Lord. Anyone, no matter how insignificant, who fears God, who utterly respects and understands who God is and knows their humble place before God, is made wise by God and can understand this. But it does say the wise will understand, and I think maybe some of the wise will pick up and understand what Bible numbers mean and unpack this for the rest of the folks so that you'll gain understanding. And those who fear God utter, utterly respect Him, God will give them the wisdom of that because He trusts them. Again, I got off on a rabbit trail. Let's just continue here. And let's read again. And see how all this ties directly to Matthew chapter 23, Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, which leads up to it, where Jesus speaks of the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. All this will help identify the things the Antichrist will be doing, because that's what the root number of 1290 means. So let me state a biblical principle here. The devil mimics God. In fact, the Bible says he comes as an angel of light. The Bible warns of this. So therefore, what Jesus did, the devil may also mimic in some form as well. Jesus did warn of people coming and saying they are the Christ in the end times. Well, the Antichrist will actually will, will be mimicking what Jesus done, and he will have it as an art form. 
But let's get back to Matthew 23, which is known as the Olivet Discourses. And this is where number 1290 leads to and points directly to. Let me show you how. The Olivet Discourses began after Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem with Jesus riding on a humble donkey. Later in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is seen speaking to a large group of people plus his disciples. And there he warned them about the legalists and how they lead astray by changing the law. Please note, the Antichrist is going to change laws, times, and seasons too. So we need to look at this prophetic pattern and how it connects to Matthew chapter 23 as well as Matthew 24. Okay, especially verse 15. And Jesus said in Matthew 23 verse 37, for example, out of the New King James, Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem! One who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. So folks, listen to this. There's a prophetic pattern here. The people back then were not willing to come and be gathered into the protective boundaries of God's love. So a group of people in, in Israel and are going to be led astray by the Antichrist. The Bible teaches that, so we see that here. And that's what Jesus is referring to in an in in indirect way here, in a prophetic way. Talking to them there, and then we'll see this pattern in history. It's going to happen again, okay? Now listen, folks. The people back then were not willing to come and be gathered back to God, gathered into the protective boundaries of God's love. No, they were actually looking for a man who will come riding on a white horse, not a donkey. In other, other words, to give them all their desires, to make them rich and in need of nothing. Looking for laws and formulas for success. What's in it for me? Looking how to turn stones to bread, um, for example. How to gain the whole world. How to jump off into things they should not and tempt God in the process. To achieve a state of peace and safety without God so they can continue getting their wants met. It'll be like that as we near the end times. God's house will become divided, some moving in unity with the world system and culture. And Paul spoke about the great apostasy for a reason, you know. Then in Matthew chapter 23, verse 38 and 39, Jesus said, I'll leave you King James here. See, your house is left to you desolate. Stop right there. The word desolate, desolation, abomination of desolation. All these start to connect. Just pay attention. And Jesus says, See, your house is left to you desolate, for I say, you shall see me no more until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Folks, this refers to the Jewish people seen in Zechariah 12, looking at the one whom they have pierced. This is when this will happen. So again, this is referring to the Jewish people and the tribulation saints at the time of the end in the tribulation. And Jesus is making a correlation. This pattern is going to be seen all of a sudden in 70 AD, and it's going to be seen again when in the future. Remember, there's a prophetic thing in the past that God's a pattern, so you can recognize it. You see this pattern all throughout history. Then it will culminate in an utter astounding way in the future, leading to the new heavens and earth. Okay. This also ties right into Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Now, let's get back to Daniel chapter 12 here, verse 11 it's and 12 here. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away, the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. The numeric meaning of 1290 just might be revealing how the devil and his, and his antichrist will mimic what God 
does so pay careful attention to me this is a prophetic pattern this is a fingerprint to look for okay this is something to consider okay because <clears throat> the devil mimics god and the antichrist will mimic jesus jesus here what one might see i'm saying might see during this time maybe in the near future as well see the devil through the antichrist mimicking jesus to enter into jerusalem maybe even riding a white horse and initiating some sort of worldwide olivet discourses that seem throughout the world he will appear as the messiah who will give people what they want peace and safety so they could even shout blessed is he who comes in the name of the god of forces because remember his god is the god of forces next the antichrist speaks to the people throughout the surviving world about his laws his ways and his warnings preparing all for all-out war against god and his people why is that answer to draw god out of heaven to earth to defeat him to chop up his order and design and build it back better so how is he going to do that well in the tribulation period you have uh, two witnesses witnessing and you have 144,000 jewish evangelists who are evangelizing the world and people getting saved during the tribulation and these are pesky little people and so you have a group of people that are going to be divided they don't want nothing to do with jesus because these people are preaching the gospel and talking about jesus getting saved and they don't want nothing to do it so that so the antichrist can come in there into israel and and set up shop in the in the new temple or the third temple if that's the case and do his deed there and do exactly the same thing and fool a lot of people thus dividing god's house just think about that that is a prophetic pattern to look for he does so with flattery of dragon speak and he deceives many because he's actually going to go after all the jewish people and all the believers in the world at that time so look at the number 1290 again because it might help you understand what is meant by the phrase of the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place possibly in the third temple okay or possibly we can also refer to the house of god as well or to god's people so let me read this with that just look at your screen i'm going to leave out the number meetings but i'm just going to put it together so you can look at it it means a strong leader who opens a door by creative works that causes God's house to surrender their authority rule to the disease of adultery with the world. When this man binds a covenant that teaches living responsible to laws that, that faithfully justifies living in unholy righteousness and unholy sanctification. Dividing God's house that unifies part of the house seen when the temple is publicly humiliated disgraced and shamed to enter into some major change by reaching some sort of tipping point we see that tipping point clearly in the book of revelation two-thirds of the world's resources are wiped out and everybody's coming in this part of the country because that's the only place where there's food okay and so there's a tipping point definitely there so let's look at how this connects to again what it says in the second thessalonians it talks about the the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verses 7 says, The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And verse 9, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Okay? So therefore, this is what you'll see, folks. You'll see a mystery of lawlessness that, that will lay the foundation for the Antichrist to appear just before the tribulation. So when the Antichrist appear, the tribulation begins, according to most Bible scholars, okay? And then you'll come in offering a lot of creative works to the working of Satan, just like verse 9 of Thessalonians says. 
and he's going to exalt himself in the temple. He's going to desecrate the temple. Exactly what the abomination of desolation means. So with that, listen to the definition of 1290 uh, again. I'll put it together a little bit better here. A strong leader who opens a door by creative works, basically of Satan, that causes God's house to surrender their authority to the disease of adultery. It's with the world here. When this man binds a covenant that teaches living responsible to laws that, that faithfully justifies living in unholy righteousness and unholy sanctification. God's house is divided. That unifies part of the house seen when the temple is publicly humiliated, disgraced, shamed to enter into a, some sort of major change. And they reach a tipping point here. A point of no return, as it will. This lines up with what the uh, book of Revelation speaks of unequivocally will happen. So let's look at Daniel chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. Let me read this out of the New King James. Verse 8. Although I heard, I did not understand. And then I said, My Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Or sealed until the time of the end. Verse 10. Many will be purified, made white, and refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand. But the wise will understand. i got to give you a side note. Uh, Please note, five out of the seven churches mentioned in Revelations 2 and th chapters 2 and 3 are called to repent. Just keep that in the back burner there. But the wise will understand. Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 25 about, guess what? The five wise and the five foolish bridesmaids there, okay? The wise will understand. Just think about that. So let's get back to Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 15, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of and by the Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Okay. Folks, from the time the daily sacrifice was removed, that happened in 70 AD, from there onwards up to the time of the end, and we marked by an onrushing phase pushed by folks preparing the way for the Antichrist. And what do I mean by that? They will lay the foundations for him to come on the world stage, all done under the spirit of the Antichrist that will change time, seasons, and laws. You'll see that starting to happen. Also, you'll see a change in times. Also, times can also mean one's history. In other words, you, you're going to see an erasing of people's history and their culture, the erasing of their beliefs, a canceling of what it means to be a human being will be seen. The next, a change of seasons can imply a lot of things, folks. It can mean how one grows and produces food, how one prospers, a you know, season for this or that. It also can mean cooling of the planet to uh, stop climate change. You know, basically the change of season means they want to change God's times, his seasons, and his laws, and his order. That's what that means. They want to cancel it. We will see a shift, a change in laws that legalize as well, unholy righteousness. This might be called social justice, cancel culture. Communism is what it is. Pushing an unholy sanctification that says all manner of perversity and moral sickness is the way you ought to be is the type of world they offer. We'll see a steady destruction of true law and order. We'll see the utter destruction of equal justice under the law. There'll be a push for evil as right and good as wrong. A push for no moral standards except revenge. We'll see an insane push to slay all that is decent and good as the supreme right of the perverse and profane 
to force on everyone worldwide. I want to ask you, are you seeing any of this starting to happen on a worldwide scale? One country, I wouldn't worry about it, but we're seeing it, don't you think, worldwide. Turn to Daniel chapter 12, 12. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you, go your way till the end, for you shall rest, and you will rise to your inheritance at the end of days. End quote of Daniel chapter 12, 12. The number here is 1335. And this number is only found here, referring to an event at the time of the end, resting till then and receiving one's inheritance. So let's find the other shades of meaning by using the prime factor method like we did with 1290 real quickly here. It's pretty easy. This doesn't take too long. So the prime factors of 1335 are 3 times 5 times 89 are written as 3, 5, and 89. Those are the numbers you use and remember you build on that foundation. Uh, what the word the root foundation meaning means is, is something about the time of the end, resting till then, and receiving an inheritance. So let's put it all together here. Number three means, remember, moving towards unity. Uh, number five means, behold, pay attention, there's a revelation going on. 89 is actually the 24th prime, referring to the priesthood and authority of some type. But the number 89's root meaning is the son of David. So you have the 24th prime, so there's some sort of authority, priesthood authority here. And the root meaning is the son of David, or the true Messiah. The second shade of meaning is being with or without divine authority of a king or a ruler. Um, number three, it means a common man or a woman raised up like King David to establish order. Um, or in other words, to they'll, they'll come as some type of Messiah. Those are the three meanings of the word 89, okay? So it says this. Blessed is he who comes to the 1,335 days will be this, united to behold the authority of the Son of David. Remember, just think about that. The only place in the Bible where 1335 is found is in Daniel 12. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. The root meaning here means waiting and resting till one receives their inheritance. Next, the Bible Numbers for Life defines 1335 as drunk on the blood of martyrs and guilty of killing God's son. That's a shade of meaning for 1335 that attaches to the root meaning here. This describes the period before the second coming of Christ. During that time, the devil's minions are drunk on the blood of martyrs and are fully guilty of killing God's sons and daughters because the Antichrist is making war against the saints. He goes into the temple, like I said earlier. He stirs everybody up to go to war against the two witnesses and 144,000, all the people getting saved because they're just pesky. They've got to get rid of them. And so he stirs up the people all worldwide to do this. Okay, do you get the picture on that? So these people become drunk with the blood of martyrs and are fully guilty of killing God's sons and daughters. Okay. Thus, drunk on the blood of martyrs and guilty of killing God's son is the second shade of meaning for 1335. The first root meaning refers to the time after all this ends, when God's justice prevails, after many rest in heaven, then receive their inheritance. Well, I hope you're beginning to see how this works, and I'm sure it's clear as mud to many people, but keep tracking with me. The next prime factor meaning of 1335 means 3, united to behold, the authority of the son of David. Okay, Look at what the text says in Daniel 12, 12. Blessed is he who waits, who comes through the 1,335 days. Look at verse 13. But you go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance. 
at the end of days, okay? So, at the end of that time, you'll be united to behold the authority of the Son of David. So, with that, let's put this together a little bit more. It probably confuse you a little bit more, but it says this. Blessed is he who comes through the 1,335 days after the great persecution ends with those drunk on the blood of martyrs face judgment. And this judgment just might connect to the judgment of the nations Jesus speaks about in Matthew 25, 31, and 46. So let's multiply the prime factors that we are working on from the bottom up like we did before. And keep tracking here, folks. I'm going to go fast. I know I probably confused half the people here. But 3 times 5 is 15, and 15 times 89 is uh, 1335. The sums to use are 15 and 89, okay? The root meaning of 15 is the idea of a covenant that brings peace, wholeness back into life by resting in a... a Promises that are received, that's kind of the root meaning there, are resting in a new direction for one's life as a result of deliverance, salvation, someone's oath is fulfilled, someone keeps his word and delivers, that's the idea. 89 root meaning refers to the phrase, the son of David. So let's put it together, but first, like I said before, we have to sometimes change the word order from one language to another to bring clarity, so we have to do so here. It says, blessed is he who comes to the 1,335 days. Listen to what it means. When all are, number three, united together, number five, to behold the authority of the Son of David, when the covenant promises of the Son of David are fulfilled. That's what it means. So let's do the addition formula. Three plus five equals eight, and eight plus 89 equals 97. So you get two sums here to work with, eight and 97. So number eight is a pictograph of a, of a, of a wall inside of a tent. It means separation. It actually means separation into new beginnings. That's kind of what the word means summed up. I'm going to use that definition. And number 97 means a fire that burns enemies as retribution for sin, iniquity, and rebellion. Number the second meaning, or the second shade of meaning, is to reduce something as means of retribution. So let's apply the meaning. Blessed is he who comes to the 1,335 days. New beginnings begin by separating the guilty into the fire of retribution for their sin, iniquity, and rebellion when they are all united together to behold the authority of the Son of David when the covenant of promise, the Son of David, fulfilled. Okay, talking about Jesus. For time's sake, folks, let's just wrap this up and look real quickly at the plus-minus formula that, that I talked about here, where you got 3 minus 5 equals negative 2 and negative 2 plus 89 is 87. So you got two numbers to work with and to add on top of all these, which is 2 and 87. 2 means the household, and 87 simply means an assembly of saints to the Holy One or to assemble goods or people somewhere and separate them. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that eight, number 87 means gather people together to separate them, also gather an assembly of saints together to the Holy One? We see both of these in the scriptures. So it says this in that uh, Verse 12, blessed is he who comes to the 1,335 days. Why? Let's look at why. Why are they blessed? They're blessed when the household of the saints are assembled to the Holy One. To new beginnings begin by separating the guilty into the fire retribution for their sin, iniquity, rebellion, when all are united together to behold the authority of the Son of David. The covenant promises of the Son of David are fulfilled. This actually fits with Daniel 7, verse 10 and 11 out of New King James. A fiery stream issued came forth from before him. A thousand thousand ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The 
court was seated and the books were open. I watched then because the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking, and I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given into burning flame. This fits with the Bible numbers for life, meaning of 1335, indicating these will be punished for being drunk with the blood of God's people and intoxicated with raw power. This also connects with Revelation 19, verse 20, when it says out of the New King, King James, Then the beast was captured, with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now continue with Daniel chapter 12, 12. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you go your way till the end, for you will rest, you will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Plural. Very important. So let me put all this together uh, out of these verses and, and, and give you the interpretation of 1290 and 1335. So the time from the daily sacrifices taken away to the setting up of the abominable desolation just might, I'm saying just might involve a strong leader who opens the door of creative works that cause the house to surrender their authority and rule to the disease of adultery. Okay, with the world. When this man binds a covenant that teaches living responsible to laws that faithfully justifies living in unholy righteousness and unholy sanctification. God's house is divided that unifies that part of the house seen when the temple is publicly humiliated, disgraced, and shamed to enter into major changes, reaching a tipping point. But blessed is he who comes through the 1335 days. Let's look at the number meaning there. When the household of the saints are assembled to the Holy One, new beginnings begin by separating the guilty into the fire of retribution for their sin, iniquity, rebellion, when all are united together to behold the authority of the Son of David, when the covenant promises of the Son of David are fulfilled. Again, folks, I'm presenting this as speculation on my part. And, and you know, just all I can ask is, what do you think of it? Think it's just a bunch of hokey stuff or something somebody made up. And when I do these numbers, I don't know what I'm going to find. I have no idea. And when I do it correctly and I look at it and I match it with the context, I, I'm, I'm astounded, simply astounded how this lines up with so many different Bible scriptures concerning the same subject matter, the abomination of desolation and making desolate, as well as the end times and talking about Bible prophecy. This is a fingerprint of God showing you that he means business at the time of the end and he's going to bring this about everything i said is in the bible it's not some secret uh nebulous thing concept out there it connects to other parts of the bible which lines up with what how the lord would operate bible interprets bible so again what do you think you mean is this just mere coincidence maybe there's something to it i'll let you decide on that well folks that's it till next time as we continue to explore Bible prophecy in various places in the Word of God to uncover the prophetic cipher and that's found in the book, marked by God's fingerprints. With that, if you'd like to contact me, just look on the screen here, and you'll see my contact information. So if you'd like to support what I do, help keep me going, please do all my contact information there, PayPal as well. But more than that, folks, I wish that you all strength to 
endure to the end here. I just, oh man, I just, come Lord Jesus, come. What I'm seeing here, folks, come Lord Jesus, come. Also, if you're listening on the Daily Renegade, please become a member today. I'm just saying. Because it will air on my channel as well as the Daily Renegade because the Daily Renegade has a website can back up my stuff in case the site goes down. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So, folks, with that, just look on the page. If you'd like to support me, please do. So, with that, folks, you be blessed in Jesus' name. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.